Welcome to the Flint Catholic Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Asbury outpouring, and we're going to talk about getting to God in conversations. My name is Father Tony Smila. And I'm Patrick Brennan. So today I want to talk about the Asbury outpouring. But first, you probably noticed, maybe if you saw the, the sign behind me there, uh, it's we did something that we probably should never do is like tell what date it is because this is going to come out in like yeah. two weeks. So today it is Thursday, March 23rd, and there is one day left until spring break. Show the, show the full view of me. There, there's the sign right there. One Ooh. day until spring break. In fact, it is even less than that. We have an entire hour and what 20 minutes or so you can feel until the, we're done the building is starting to shake the building is starting to shake speaking of shaking buildings <laughs> you like that transition Ooh. that was a good transition that was nice. great so i want to talk about the asbury uh outpouring or the asbury revival i prefer asbury outpouring because i think it sounds better and it rolls off the tongue a little better yeah um the asbury outpouring so Asbury is a college in Wilmore, Kentucky. I did not know that. I'd probably never heard of it. I, I Actually, that's the first I'd heard. I thought it was in Asbury, Kentucky, but... Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's okay. in Wilmore, Kentucky. All probably right. still the middle of nowhere, but uh, it is in Kentucky. And yeah. So, on February 8th. Uh, so, Asbury is a Christian university, and they require their students to go to a chapel service three times a week. How about that? Yeah, right? Three times a week, they got to go to chapel service. And I'm sure these students are the kind of students that like want to do this. So it's not like a big thing, right? Yeah. If you go to a Christian university, sometimes that's that should be the case, right? Like Catholics, we go to mass once a week, right? Mm-hmm. Like not a big thing. Um, so they go and on February 8th, something unique happened. February 8th, a bunch of students, they stuck around and then and then they, they continued to stay and they continued to worship and they continued to stay. And then more students joined them and they continued to stay. And all through the night, they continued to stay. And through the next day, they continued to stay. And through the next day, they continued to stay. All the way until February 24th, there were 24 hours of students and people in the chapel. Not only that, it grew. It grew and grew and grew. Um, So what happened? Right? You probably heard about it. It made national news. It was very viral for a while. How did this whole thing happen? What was going on there? And uh, we are here to break down some of it for you and discuss it and talk about it. So... um, after the service on uh, February 8th, a uh, few students did stick around. And, you know, just, and, and from uh, firsthand accounts of people, it was kind of inexplicable, right? They just, just felt moved to stay. And so they stayed. And then something, this is kind of like the moment where I think that the, the revival began. A student gets up and he began to confess his sins publicly to everyone there in full repentance. How about that? That is as as a first-hand witness stead, said that was when the atmosphere changed mm. the atmosphere changed there and that's i think the touchstone moment the moment the spark that set the whole thing set the whole thing up and it makes sense right repentance is going to lead to an outpouring of the holy spirit um by february 12th so this is four days later buses were arriving to join people were arriving by the bus load Here's another f- amazing thing. It was mostly Gen Z that was here. Ah, uh, so we're talking 20s. 20s, yep. yep. All the, It was all college students. And in fact, at some point, um, the Asbury University, they uh, 
did not allow anyone into the chapel unless they were uh, no older than 26. Wow. Yeah, they wanted this to be something that, hey, this is for the younger generations. Let's let them run with this. That's a wise move. I agree. And all throughout this, Asbury University had to make a lot of decisions as, as to what was happening. And every single time, this is something I really want to commend them for. Every single time it was, well, what's what's the Holy Spirit calling us to do? Mm. Like they didn't want to disturb what the Holy Spirit was doing. And they didn't want to make it about like themselves. They didn't want to make it about the university. This wasn't like free publicity for the university. They just wanted to let the Holy Spirit do his thing. So every decision they made was made with the Holy Spirit being in mind. We, there were mega pastors who wanted to come in and preach and they told them no. Cause they're like, no, cause you're going to make it about you. Mm-hmm. And we don't want this, mm-hmm. which was interesting. There's a, a, an article too that said, Carrie Job showed up the singer, um, yep. Christian contemporary singer. She showed up. She didn't tell anybody she was going to be there. People prayed over her and she's, she's pretty convinced they had no idea who she was. I'm like, see, that's, that's what we're talking about right here, right? That's awesome. I know. That's I super know who cool. That is. Yeah, she she uh she's like um award winning. She's one of the top contemporary Christian artists. She's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um at what they, they approximate that fifteen thousand people a day attended this. Wow. Yeah, like two and a half weeks. Fifteen thousand people per day were there. All right, here's my favorite story. Yeah. All right, so Zach uh Mirkreeb. I hope I pronounced that right. He was the one who preached that um, service that day. and uh, The the first day. The very first day on February 8th. He preached it, and he's the assistant soccer coach. He's also the uh, leadership development coordinator for the university. Mm -hmm. And um, he he preached it, and, you know, he he texted this to his wife as soon as it finished. He said, latest stinker, be home soon. He thought his preaching was a total dud. Wow. Right? Wow. And I, I can only imagine, like, he, pre, he he writes that text to his wife. He goes home, turns on the news, and all of a sudden Asbury is there, and a revival is happening. He's like, what? <laughs> Which I, I totally, I would totally buy that the Holy Spirit, like, I don't know if the Holy Spirit can, like, uninspire people, but, like, like allowed that dud to happen so that Zach could be like, yeah, that wasn't me. Mm. Right? This isn't This working is not of, like, my preaching. I didn't do this. The Holy Spirit totally just decided this was the moment. It had nothing to do with the preaching, which I think is, is kind of cool, right? So like in those moments where we think we give like total duds and we think we just totally fall flat on our face, the Holy Spirit can still use that to do incredible things. Yeah. Does that excite you as one who preaches yes. every day? Like, yes. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, there are, it, and it definitely tracks with, with uh, my experience as well, where there are days where I'll, I'll go out and preach and I'll be, and I'll finish, I'll sit down after the homily and I'll be like, man, that one just, that was bad. <laughs> Woof. Like, I don't think anybody's able to follow that. I got distracted. Like, oh, that was terrible. And then like people come up to me after mass, Father Tony, that was like the best homily I ever heard. Father Tony, that homily inspired me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, that's not me. That ain't me. That's inspiring you. That's for sure. That's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, it's totally true. And I, I totally believe the Holy Spirit allowed that dud to happen so that, that you know, Zach could be like, yeah, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. No doubt about that. Wow. I, th- I think the main thing, though, and this is kind of the big takeaway I, I want to talk and discuss about this. I, I think repentance is such a key component in this. I think within this entire revival, um, repentance is such a key component. And, and, and especially with Gen Z, I think this is something that Gen Z is looking for. It's something we all need in our life and something the culture is really bad at, it really can't give, mm. is this idea of humility and repentance and saying like, yeah, you know what, I'm, 
I am a sinner. Yeah, I, I do have all of these faults and I need to, um, I need the Lord. So there's like two things at work there where um, for repentance, we need to be humble and say, yeah, I'm not perfect, which in our Facebook, Instagram, social media world is not a good thing, right? We're rewarded by putting up this like perfect picture of ourselves and like, wow, look at my life and how perfect it is. And the second thing is, is repentance in that we need somebody else. We can't do it by ourselves. Mm. And, and our culture also says, hey, you got to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out and do it on your own. Mm. Now, certainly there's some good things in that, but, but we can't do that for everything. And we need the Lord, especially in terms of our spiritual lives. We, we can't do that alone. We need the Lord. So when you get to repentance, we have those two things come together. And that's when a heart can open up to, to the real power of the Holy Spirit. So I don't think it's a mistake that repentance started off the whole thing and repentance became a central theme of the whole thing. Well, you know, what's just coming to mind as you're talking is the image of um, someone who's who, who needs to be um, shocked back to life, like say their heart mm. has stopped and they they need the um, what are those what are those called? The, the, no the pads you put down. Yeah. Defibrillator. Uh, defibrillator. Is it defibrillator. Yeah. Or, yeah. And and you think about how a, a person who's in that condition cannot revive themselves that mm-hmm. uh, they they need to open up to um, medical help and in a spiritual sense it's like when we're dying or, or when we're on um, you know in a, in a um, critical situation spiritually it's like we got to open up and say yeah. God God I need you I can't do this yep. my, on my own anymore and then he he revives us yeah and uh, the cool thing is, when I when I think about this example at Asbury, um, I, I mean I, I know sometimes in Christian circles we can think we can have sort of a little bit of FOMO, like oh I, I wasn't there, and right. so I didn't get to experience, you know, God in in the same way, or or I need to get there in order to experience Him. But you know the truth is that when our hearts open up to Him, whether in our own prayer time, at Mass, wherever we are. God wants to revive us. Yeah. That revival happens whenever we turn our hearts to God. Awesome. You walked right into my next point, right? Like revival doesn't have to just stay at Asbury. It doesn't have to just be in like February 8th to 24th. When, when the university kind of shut down the revival at day at on the 24th, everyone's like, what are you shouting down the power of the Holy spirit? Can't we just be here forever? And it's like, no, like, no, that's not the point. Right. Like the point isn't to be in that moment forever. Um, Right. That's what St. Peter said to Jesus at the transfiguration. Hey, let's make some booths here and we'll just stay up here forever. And this will be amazing. And Jesus is like, no, Um, that's not what the the whole idea of this is. Right. The whole idea is like the Holy Spirit did something amazing here in this moment. And now we're meant to like take that out and we're meant to do more things with it. We can have our own revival here. Like, let's let's have a revival here. The Holy Spirit wants these revivals, but it doesn't have to be in that that kind of a context. We don't have to go to Asbury to get it. We can have a revival here in Flint. We can have a revival anywhere in our own parishes, in our own families. And that's what the Holy Spirit really wants to do. And my hope is that this kind of a revival, especially with so many young people involved in this revival, that, that this would ignite so much more uh, and that we'd see... Uh, more people turning to the Lord, turning to the Holy Spirit, and seeing the power of what, what the Holy Spirit can do. Um, this is this shouldn't be a one-off thing, but it, we're not meant to stay in that moment either. We're meant to take it out. Um, one other thing, too, that I wanted to mention is that I'm not surprised that a revival centered on repentance happened near the beginning of Lent, mm. right? 
Like, like there's no question yeah. in my mind that those are, those are not related, that they're related, right? We see Jesus when, when we came together on Ash Wednesday and uh, what are the words that were said when Ash to put on your forehead, repent and believe in the gospel, mm. right? Repent and believe in the gospel. This is something Jesus says over and over again in the gospels, repent and believe in the gospel. What, why is it that when we, when we hear the word repent, at least in my heart, there's like this initial kind of like, ah, do I really want to do that? Mm. You know, like there's this, there's this hesitation. I don't know if it's concupiscence or whatever flesh, just like, yeah. ah, do I have to repent? <laughs> you know, can't I just believe and that's good enough? But what I, what I like is when we, when we share the need for repentance, we can say, Hey, repentance is not an end in itself. Yeah. Repentance is so that we can open up the the floodgates for revival. Yeah. I mean, when we've got stuff in our soul that's that's bad, that we need to repent from, that's stuff that's taking up space in our soul, that God cannot move into that space if that space is being taken up by this bad stuff. And so it's like the emptying of, of the bad stuff in our soul so that the good stuff can come in. Come on. Yeah gotta have gotta have that emptiness first or else you're just gonna be you know you want to have a fire hose to put out a fire but you come in with a squirt gun <laughs> like that's not gonna do it yeah. right so open it up and let the fire go amen so um yeah there's so many good things here so many good things repentance is so good um so let's repent during this this lent uh, if you have it, think of that bible verse uh, what is it like uh be changed by the renewal of your mind. Oh, be yeah. changed by the renewal of your mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's really what's required is you have to be open to having your mind renewed. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So if you haven't been in confession yet this Lent, I'm hoping this comes out before Easter. This should come out before Easter. If it's after Easter and you haven't gone to confession in a while, go to confession. Go to confession. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. So in our next segment, we're going to talk about, okay, We've had the revival. We've had the power of the Holy Spirit within us. What do we do with it? Conversations with about God with others. Let's talk about that next on the Flint Catholic Podcast. Welcome back to the Flint Catholic Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So, so here's where we're at. If you listen to the first uh, half, there talking about the the power of opening up to God, turning to Him, receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving renewal, revival, and I know a lot of times when when we have an encounter with God, it's like, oh man, how do I help people to experience this too? How do I help people to receive what I've received? Um, and one of the things that comes to mind in the efforts to do that is, um, I know we were, we were talking earlier about um, when you see a street preacher and he, he's just shouting at everybody like, you know, turn or burn or whatever the phrase is, just shouting at people, right? Nobody, nobody is um, revived by that, right? Yeah. No, nobody's approaching the person and um, wanting to engage in conversation. People just are The engagement is not a very positive one. Yeah, yeah. And it can be, it can be hostile, and the, the, the peace of God is, is, is really not 
ministering there in that situation. Now, if, if, if someone were to say, well, what do we do? You know, if, if someone needs to hear the truth of the choice between heaven or hell, how do we how do we lay that out for somebody? So that's what we want to talk about in this segment is how do you get to that place to be able to be heard um, when it comes to the gospel? And um, I read a, a blog post recently um, that talked about how the church needs to um, embrace her humanity in the proclamation of the gospel. And what what this uh, blogger meant by that was, as human beings, we, we typically begin a conversation with something surface level. Like, I, sometimes I might walk in like in an emergency situation and say, hey, everybody, you know, I got, I got something really important to share. I got to jump right to it. But typically, if we're sitting down with coffee for somebody or meeting somebody for the first time, you say, hey, what do you do for, what do you do for a living? Or where are you from? Or tell me about your family. And it's, it's a casual, it's a casual conversation to, to begin. And we can do this anywhere, right? So th- this could be a, a longer uh, conversation, a meal with somebody, or this could be short. You know, you meet somebody in the elevator and it's just a few minutes, but usually begin with something casual. And then from the casual, we then can ask a meaningful question or uh, transition into a meaningful topic. So like a lot of people find uh, if you're talking about family, right, something meaningful usually comes up like, hey, how's your family doing? Oh, man, well, my, my mom's really sick or uh, yeah, my kid's struggling with this or whatever. And then the, the conversation is now going to a, to a deeper level, something really meaningful, heart based. And then from meaningful, we can then uh, connect that to what we would what we would say, uh, you could say eternal or evangelistic, right? A, a connection to God. So we're, so it goes casual, right? Or surface level, then to meaningful. So now you're going deeper. And then finally, eternal or evangelistic. And, um, and I think that this progression is a powerful way to introduce the, the possibility of someone receiving revival in their own hearts, right? So if I take, you could do this in five minutes, yeah, right? Take somebody to that place of connecting them with God in five minutes. Um, and a lot of times when I'm here at school, getting conversations with students and we'll, we'll talk about something going on in their life and I'll say, hey, uh, can we pray for that right now? And we pray right there. And what is that? That's a, that's a connection with God. That's taking that meaningful element in their life and connecting them with God. And I know you do that all the time with students as well. So what do you think about that three, kind of the, that, that three-step progression? No, I think that's, that's spot on, absolutely spot on. Cause you know, if you just start, you know, hitting someone over the head with the Bible or, you know, just really hitting it hard, like people turn off to that. And, um, you know, the, the gospel is all about relationship. Jesus is constantly building relationship with people and he's teaching his apostles to do the same thing, build relationships with people. Um, and that's, that's where, that's the way we're wired and built as humans is relationship. We, we connect with stories. And so to let somebody tell us their story is a deeply connecting thing. We were talking earlier too, like, uh, about St. Paul street evangelization yes. and, and like how, um, you know, you're, you have a, a very short amount of time with somebody and yet they, that's still because of its success. It's 
its successes because it follows that same model, just albeit in a very, very short moment, right? You have perhaps a miraculous medal and you, you say, hey, would you like a free miraculous medal? And, and the way you're supposed to do it is, is you start to build a relationship with them right there and like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Start a conversation with them. Talk, you know, start at that, that surfacey level and then boom, dive deeper and dive deeper until you're now in an in invitation. Um, right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I used to do St. Paul Street Evangelization a lot. And, um, you know, those best conversations, if you really connected with somebody in that first moment, um, those conversations would be much longer than five minutes long. Like somebody, they would want to stay and chat for a long time. And, and that's what it's about. Um, it's about building that relationship and it's, um, that's where the, the context of the gospel is the most fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. One, uh, scriptural example that's coming to mind is when Jesus meets the woman at the well. Yes. And what's the first thing that he says to her? He says, Hey, could you give me a drink of water? Yep. (laughs) He didn't, he didn't. Uh, yep. start out with, even though he knew, right? He didn't start out with the knowledge of, hey, you've had five husbands and the one you have now isn't your husband, right? He didn't begin there. He began yep. with, do you have any water I could I could borrow, right, or have? Yeah. And, um, and I think that if we, if we look in the Gospels for the way Jesus meets people and even calls his, his disciples, right, the, the whole come and see, um, th- there's there's like an invitation to something more that Jesus draws people into. And I, I think we can do this in such a great way um, through, like we're saying, short conversations, di- inviting people over for dinner. Um, you know, it could be a, a um, post, post-mass, like coffee and donuts conversation. So th- there's, there's all kinds of conversational moments where we can make these, this progression. And I think one of the things I would encourage people to do is um, not force it. Yeah. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to force it if someone is not open to that progression. But we we do want to test it, mm-hmm. right? And say, well, hey, uh, could we could we pray for you right now? Or whatever the the question is that leads to a, a connection with God. And I, I've often found that the the questions. Are, are often the key, right? So Jesus asked a ton of questions. In, 108 of them, yeah, in fact. There you go. There's the number, 108. <laughs> and the, the power of those questions, right? So let's just take these three levels and ask them in a question form. So the first question might be, how you doing? How's your life going? What's, how, n- what's new? How about those Spartoonies? There you go. The Michigan State yeah. Spartans. And then and then the, the, the level underneath that would be, hey, uh, is there anything I can pray for you for? Right? That's like, then they're sharing something more meaningful, something deeper. And then the third question, can we pray for that right now? Right? So you just one, two, three, three simple questions and you're there connecting the person with God. Yeah. That's, that's all it takes. And you know, when you first try this, it's, you're going to be thinking about it, right? You're going to have like, okay, I can do this and then this and then this, and it's going to feel kind of mechanical. Um, and that's okay. Right. Cause anytime we start something new, it's going to be like, it's going to feel that way. But as you practice it and do it more and more, it's going to become very um, natural to you. Right. I watch you do that. And it's, it's very natural to you. You just kind of jump from one to the next right away, right away all the time. And it's great. I love watching you do that. Part it's, of that is, is I'm, I'm naturally like a, uh, you know, chipmunk kind of hopping all over the place from, from person to person. And this is true. I get people are wired in different ways, but all of us, all of us know how to have meaningful conversations. 
And the, the art of conversation is going to flow through each of us in different ways. Yeah. So it's not like you've got to be like somebody else. Be yourself, mm -hmm. but know that through the art of conversation and the way that flows through you, you're going to bless people. Yeah, no doubt. And it's, it can't be easier than asking questions, right? You don't have to have the answers. You're not the one who's giving the answers. You just ask the questions and let them respond. And, and people are very, very open to answering questions. Yeah. Right. People love doing that. Like they, they if you start with a question and, and show interest in their life, man, they they jump all over that. Everybody does. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the woman at the well, another image that comes to mind is um, Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes, it's like living water, mm -hmm. right, flowing through us. And think about when when someone is uh, opening up to deeper, deeper conversations about God and prayer it's like they're they're drawing water from the the Holy Spirit that's flowing through you, right? So when you ask those questions, it's like water pouring out to that person, and if their bucket's ready, they're going to receive mm -hmm. an encounter. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! There I love go. that. There Pretty simple go. process. What are the three 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 levels again? Casual, surface level, uh, meaningful, and uh, evangelistic or eternal. Boom. Love it. All right. Anything else? I think, I think we got him. I think we got our homework assignment for, for the week or I for think we do. Our, our spring break homework <laughs> assignment. Spring break homework. This that, is outrageous. Does that mean I have to leave my house to do this? <laughs> yes. You can call somebody. I'll yeah. call somebody. I'll do that. All right. We will see you after the spring break and possibly, probably after Easter. So have a fantastic rest of your Lent, a very happy Lent. Have a wonderful Triduum and a very happy Easter. God bless everybody.